0: I'm Charlie Wilmoth. I'm David Todd. And welcome to the Bucks Out Podcast. I town.
1: I every, I in town.
0: In town. Welcome to the Bucks Dugout Podcast. I'm Charlie Wilmoth here with David Todd. It is October 7th, the day of the National League wild Card game against the Cubs. I'm revved up. David, are you excited? Charlie, I was thinking about this, and, uh,
1: you know, I I was at World Series games in 1971 and 79. Uh, I I was at the Cueto game, obviously the couple wild card games here. I'm not sure, you know, as as an older adult, uh, the enthusiasm is different than a young child with anticipation of a game. But I'm not sure I've been as interested in a game in my life as I am in the game tonight.
0: Yeah, for sure. So uh, we are going to keep it short here today uh, so that we finish this up in time to get it out and get you time to listen to it. Uh, but we wanted to briefly sort of preview the game, and I guess maybe the best place for us to start would be the roster, which just came out uh, maybe about an hour and a half ago. David, you did a post on Monday about the, uh, the your guess at the roster, and I think you got 23 out of 25 spots right. So why don't we talk through um, what's going on with this roster, why it's a little bit different from the way a a 25-man roster would operate generally, and uh, what you think of some of the spots on the margins of the roster. Yeah, obviously, Charlie,
1: the the situation here is you're not going to carry a bunch of starting pitchers because, for for obvious reasons, right? It's one game, you get to do it for this game. So you were never going to carry Locke and Morton to begin with. A.J., you you wouldn't carry. I, when I did my post is I, I didn't carry any other starting pitchers. And that was probably an oversight on my part because I guess as an insurance policy, uh, you know, Garrett Cole, you in, in turning in the roster today, you would know if Garrett Cole woke up with a stiff neck and couldn't pitch. So that wasn't the concern. But the concern is he goes and covers first and sprains his ankle in the first inning or, you know, something he pulls a lat in the second inning. Something like that happens. And you've got to go to somebody and – you, this is the game that matters. If it happens that early, you want to have somebody. So they rostered Francisco Liriano, which is a guy I didn't have on there. Clint had done that the previous years. So I get that. That's an insurance policy. I understand it. Uh, you're going to carry – you. so you're basically going with eight pitchers instead of nine. Liriano is going to be the guy you want Friday to start that game in St. Louis. So I get that. And I would imagine
0: probably you're you're on board with that as well, right? Oh, Of course, yeah. And that makes a lot of sense to me. If, if there does turn out to be some kind of um... – freak problem with, with Garrett Cole, or, you know, he just doesn't have it today, and, and maybe, you know, he loads the bases in both the first and second innings and gets out of it somehow, um, but um, you, you know that he's just not the guy for you today. You don't have to turn to Joe Blanton. Not that there's anything wrong with Joe Blanton, but you don't have to depend on Blanton to pitch five innings or something like that. You can turn to someone uh, like Liriano, who is really more of a 1A type of, of pitcher, because, yeah, if you don't win this game, your season's over. So I, I certainly agree with that decision. But I think maybe the one that you're not on board with is the the uh, third catcher decision. Yeah.
1: And and uh, let's just guess. We're, we're never going to know the answer to this because I, I don't imagine this game is going to get that deep. But how late in the game, in extra innings, does it have to be for you to turn to Liriano? Let's say Garrett gives you seven. Do you think it's the 14th inning, the 13th inning? Where, where do you think you'd go um, at that point? Because everybody else you have on the roster is a real pitcher. I mean, you know, we go through all these guys have pitched innings. Kimonero and, and, and Blanton can each give you three. I think Hughes can give you two if you needed it. Um, there are, Soria could give you two. I mean, any of the guys could give you two. Um, do, do you think
0: it has to go 14 to see Liriano? Probably somewhere in that range. It might depend on, um, you know, how, how the lineup shakes out and how many pinch hitters they, they want to use, what the pinch inning type situations are. Um, But it probably does need to go – it probably does need to be, you know, Garrett Cole is for whatever reason out of the game after two innings or the game does go, you know, 12-plus. I mean, those are – Liriano is probably not pitching today. So I asked Clint this question specifically, and he gave me it at the
1: press conference about the third catcher. And and I said, you know, you went 16-9 and the past two years. The other guys went 15-10. and And I said, you don't have a catcher. (laughs) You don't have a third catcher. And he joked with me, and he said, he said, yeah, it's going to be hard to find an experienced catcher. But he also said, basically, use history as the guide when when I'm thinking about it, which I, I didn't understand if he was making a joke or not. But he was basically telling me, history is the guide. I carried three catchers. I'm going to carry three catchers. I don't get it because the, here's the, here's the reason, Charlie. Is you got Lariano as an insurance policy in case one guy specifically gets hurt. I think Diaz is a guy who's an insurance policy in case two guys get hurt. Get hurt because I don't see any scenario where he uses Chris Stewart because you have so many right-handed pinch hitters on the bench because of the way this thing is constructed. And we're making the assumption that that Pedro Alvarez is going to be the starter at first and Josh Harrison is going to be the starter at third because we haven't seen the lineup yet. You've got you've got uh, mo- most of the guys you're going to have available starting with Ramirez and Morris. Are uh, right-handed pinch hitters, and I, I just—he's not going to use Chris Stewart because he doesn't want to use Chris Stewart because he doesn't want to use Diaz. So it seems to me to be almost redundant in that spot. And you say, okay, what's it matter? It's the 24th guy now on the roster. Well, you only have one-handed, one left-handed uh, batter on the bench, and Travis Snyder. I mean, Floriman's a pinch hitter, but I view him as defensive and and a pinch runner in this game, and. Uh, Bobby, you only have two left-handed relievers, so I would have said I would have said Jeff Decker or Bobby Lefty Boy, so you can have a third lefty or a second left-handed bat off the bench would be a much better decision. What are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I think that that um, you know, it's 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 one of those things where it, it's the kind of thing that that managers like and that outsiders don't really understand. Um, it, it's it's very hard to imagine the Pirates actually needing a third catcher in this game but it also doesn't surprise me that they took one and I think we, we probably have to say that you know is it is it likely that it's going to come into play in the game where it's it's really going to matter that they didn't have that extra left-handed pinch hitter no probably not I don't I don't know it doesn't seem like an optimal construction to line up to me um, but it also doesn't seem like a like that big a deal
1: Right. None of this, none of this should matter. And we're, you know, we're obviously talking about. The- right. You're
0: talking about, and we're talking about like luxury positions at this point. I mean, uh, you know, spots in the on the roster that that the Pirates are, are getting to play with because they're not taking their full starting rotation. I mean, they they you know routinely play with a, a bench that is much shorter than this one. They routinely play with only two catchers instead of three, and they get through entire weeks and months without needing those things. So <laughs> they're it, going go to go to the series with two catchers, right? What's that? They're
1: going to go into the Cardinal series
0: with two catchers if they win, right? I mean, one would think, right? I mean, then they really need a starting rotation. Then their bench will be a lot shorter than it is now. So, yeah, I would think that they're going to go with two catchers.
1: Yeah, uh, interesting to see. Well, Charlie, you know, you, I don't I don't know if you got to hear the press conference yesterday, but one of the things that struck me is, look, the four people who spoke were Arietta and Joe Madden, Garrett Cole and, and Clint Hurdle. And all four of them are incredibly impressive Uh I, I, we obviously get to hear the Pirate guys speak uh, much more frequently, but I have to tell you, Jake Arietta came off as a guy who was incredibly supremely confident without sounding like a jackass or an, you know, an arrogant prick. I mean, and I, I asked him about having seen the Pirates so many times. Would does that give him an advantage in talking about going through the lineup three or four times and then taking that to the bigger picture of you know starting against them four or five times? And he said it's. And both pitchers reference this. It's about pitch sequencing and pitch execution. And for those watching the game tonight, if you're, if you're paying attention, i just say watch this and see if you can watch kind of each at-bat that each batter has as the second time around. How does G- He has a plan to attack each one of these guys, and it's not to attack them in just that at-bat. It's in the second at-bat, the third at-bat, and he's got it all planned out in his mind. I was incredibly impressed with uh, how he came off in the press conference.
0: Yeah, well, hopefully we'll get to the point uh, in, in today's game where he only gets to face them once. Maybe. <laughs> um, but, right, and he doesn't seem like a guy who's going to be all that phased by the pressure. And he, In fact, he seems to be kind of courting it um, by taunting Pirates fans a little bit on Twitter uh, in a way that I thought was uh, maybe not advisable. It was kind of funny, uh, and uh, I, I, I appreciate that he's, he's willing to mix it up with, with Pirates fans in that way. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, that definitely seems like an interesting personality, and, and you're right. I mean, this is a pitcher the Pirates are already pretty familiar with, and it'll be interesting to see how he attacks hitters tonight. It is, and uh, uh, what are you, assuming that we, have, that we have guessed the
1: lineup right, and I imagine if that's the, how the lineup comes up, it'll be Josh Harrison batting first. It'll be uh, Polanco second, and I assume Marte will be in the four-hole batting cleanup in this one. Do you like the lineup choice, and do you like the batting order?
0: The one guy who sticks out to me as the guy that, that we want to watch in this game is Pedro Alvarez. And uh, we've talked in the past a lot about high beta players. Alvarez, you put him in one game, he's a very high beta player in the sense that <laughs> he can he can win a game for you. Um, he has the potential to lose a game for you as well. And that's that's the one spot in the lineup I'm uneasy about. And uh, you know and we're, and we're assuming we know what the lineup will be um if it were me i might i would probably in in one game be inclined to start someone else at first base to be quite honest but i i also acknowledge that there's a chance that that you know alvarez hits two homers in this game and he ends up being the hero and it's just, it's just the kind of player he is so that's the one guy in the lineup that that makes me a little bit uneasy
1: oh that's that's interesting um any, uh, you know, Clint is a guy who, in his in his past, has been a guy to play the hot hand. And obviously, I think if we were putting the lineup together uh, six weeks ago, a month ago, or two weeks ago, Josh Harrison would be the guy who wasn't in the lineup. He would be he would be out, and Ramirez would be your cleanup hitter. And I think it was indicative that the Saturday and Sunday games, which were both meaningful, still with a lefty on Saturday and a righty on Sunday, opposing the Pirates. Uh, against the lefty Pedro sat and against the righty Ramirez sat and Harrison went five for seven. So he's clearly playing the hot hand in his press conference yesterday. He noted that uh, in the last month Harrison has the highest OPS. I I don't even, it might have been in the majors, but I I think he was referencing certainly on the Pirates team. It's the case um, as as a right-handed batter. We know Arietta has the kind of reverse split type of thing Going, but you know, it's a reverse split where you know, one side's OPS is 400, the other is 500. So <laughs> it's, I don't know that it means anything, but um, yeah, he, he's playing a hot hand. And Josh Harrison's had a tough year, but he's had a good month and he's had a really good two weeks and a really good two days. And and I, I'm not the biggest
0: Josh Harrison fan, but I, I like him actually at the top of the lineup tonight, yeah. And why not? It's not as if Josh Harrison is Sean Rodriguez. We know that that Harrison is offensively capable. He's he's shown that to us, and he hasn't had the best season overall. But he's had a good couple weeks, and whether or not he had had those good couple weeks, the difference between Alvarez or sorry Ramirez's bat and Harrison's bat, um, or you know Harrison's bat and somebody else who the Pirates might use, it's not that great. It, it can't be that great to begin with. Um, so the fact that that you know Harrison is is. A fairly proven player at this point in that he's he's shown he's a pretty good offensive player who's already had one really big year in the majors, and that he's hitting well, that's a good enough reason for me. I I feel like I'm totally fine with him being in the lineup today.
1: Yeah, I mentioned this yesterday, Charlie. I said there's not a wrong decision. If you put those three names in a hat and pulled out two of them, any two that you came out with, uh, you can make a legitimate argument for. I don't think there's a, to, to think that there is a right or wrong decision in the starting lineup on, uh, around those three guys for two spots. I think is silly. Uh, you, you know, maybe they have great games, maybe they have poor games, but I, I don't think there's a right or wrong decision.
0: Yeah, I, I, well, I think it's uh, well. I guess I guess we'll, in one game we'll see. I mean, maybe one of those decisions will turn out to have been wrong, and uh, or maybe one of those decisions will turn out to be to be right. But I think. You're right. That that uh, looking at it before the fact, the decisions are close, and um, yeah, picking one over the other. I mean, picking, picking uh, you know Harrison over Harrison and Alvarez over Ramirez or whatever it's going to be, it's close. So I guess maybe one thing I could ask you, David, is we know the Pirates are going to face a very very tough starting pitcher today. We know the Cubs lineup is going to be pretty formidable. They have um, a, a, a ton of power, a ton of really interesting young hitters who hit the ball really hard. If the Pirates have an edge today, where is that edge?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely get to the bullpen. And it's not a big edge. If I, I think there's a perception that the Pirates' bullpen is much better than the Cubs. And the ERA is about half a run better. But if you look at the FIP, they they're almost identical. Um, but everybody knows who the Pirate the, the Pirates bullpen. They don't know the Cubs' bullpen. Charlie, I'll tell you, there, there are two things. One is my kind of my view of this. If the Pirates can get Arrieta out of the game after seven innings and have scored a run. I think they've got a, a, a legit shot at winning this game. I think Garrett Cole is going to be really good tonight. Um, where's their advantage? It's the bullpen, and this is going to sound silly. It's the crowd, and it's not the crowd necessarily with Arietta I think it's also all these other guys. John Lester's not on the hill tonight. Uh, he's been there. But look around that team. I mean, Addison Russell, even Chris Bryant. Schwer, I mean, maybe these guys are all going to just, because they're – their uh, their competitors, their athletes, they they just absorb this stuff, and and you want that. That's that's ideally how you, I think, how most athletes uh, approach these things. But I don't know that you know that every play in the field is going to get made. When the noise is going, and you know outfielders, maybe somebody doesn't call somebody off. I do think the crowd is a little bit of an advantage here,
0: and I'm interested in how the Cubs' young players respond to it. Hmm, that's interesting. I mean, we've we've always been looking at it from Arietta's perspective, but maybe the people we need to be harassing, or the Pirates need to be Pirates fans need to be harassing tonight, are. You know Chris Bryan and, and Kyle Schwarber and some of the the Cubs younger players, and not necessarily a veteran starting pitcher who's already said that he doesn't really care about the crowd noise. Um, and like like you said, he encouraged it. And you know what? Uh,
1: I love that because it's one of those things. It was like Rex Ryan when they when the Patriots were coming to town and he talked a lot of smack, and then the Patriots you know demolished them. He has to wear that. Uh, Arietta's you know, if he doesn't pitch well for whatever reason, he's going to wear that. But I, the fact that he doesn't care and that he and the way he handled himself in the press conference, uh, it was impressive. And and on we go. I mean, I guess. But yeah, that, you know, you get these guys a little rattled in the field. That would be interesting.
0: Yeah, and 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 you're right. I mean, he is going to have to wear that if he doesn't bring it tonight. Um, that's going to be a problem for him. I mean, he's he's going to hear it. In PNC Park, the entire rest of his career, if he doesn't bring it tonight. I mean, he's he's basically set that up. So that's the situation. So all the more reason for to, to to root for Arietta to fail tonight. And and you're right. I mean, I I think that there's the potential here to overstate the crowd dynamic. Obviously, the the crowd didn't seem to have much of an impact on Madison Bumgarner and and the Giants last year um, against the Reds. Maybe it did. Maybe it didn't. I, and I think there's also just in general guys who you know as as you. As you're a young player, you, you you go through the minors, you move from single A up through triple A, you get gradually bigger crowds, and somebody who doesn't handle crowds well is probably going to get weeded out before they get too far in the major leagues. I think that's true in general. Then again, I think that what's going to be happening tonight at PNC Park is such an extreme situation that maybe the the usual rules about that don't apply in the way that they do. And I, and I, I think that you know a, a lot of home, home field advantage in general comes from umpires. Uh, giving borderline strike calls. So maybe Cole gets a few more of the, the borderline calls than Arietta, Arietta gets tonight. Cole's a good pitcher, and if he gets that edge over Arietta, this could be a uh, a good situation for the Pirates.
1: So, Charlie, I, I had uh, Joe Sheehan on my show about uh, 10 days ago, and, and for those who hear this early, Charlie will be with me on the show today at, at 4.30. Uh, Joe will be with me on the show at 5.30. 4.15, and we were, right? Uh, 4.30. Okay, that, 4.30. If that still works, yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> As we sorted out live, yeah, um, and and we had it. We were talking about a playoff draft, and and I'll. Ju- I don't know if you saw the newsletter, but he. So we decided to do it live, and we and we made a newsletter out of it uh, that he sent out uh, last night or two nights ago, and he said you can choose first or you can choose second and third, and we'll snake it through. And I said, well, like you, I think the playoffs are a crapshoot, so I'll certainly choose second and third. And he took. The Dodgers with the first pick, yep. And and I had second and third choice. And I, let me just ask you, wh- where would you go with your second and third choice?
0: If the Dodgers and I, and I, I just off the top of my head, I, I think I agree with the Dodgers, um, going going number one there. They have a the the easiest draw in the National League, and they've got two top notch starting pitchers, obviously. I I think the Jays would have to be number two. We're, we're picking from the AL too, right? Yep. Yeah, I mean the the Blue Jays and. I guess the Blue Jays and the Cardinals? Who, who, who did you end up picking?
1: So I went, and I, I it, obviously the order that I picked them didn't matter, but I went Cubs and Blue Jays. And I, I, the reason I did is because I did not think he would choose. He he thinks that the Pirates and the Cubs are probably the second and third you know best teams in the game, or maybe the first and second best teams in the game. But he's a firm believer that it's such a disaster to play in a wild-card game that it's such a negative that he, I figured he wouldn't pick them. So I took the Cubs – uh, because a slight edge over Cole and the Blue Jays because they're clearly the best team in the American League. So
0: he came back with... what? You want to guess? Okay, uh, he came back with... So you picked the Cubs and the Blue Jays. So that means he probably picked the Pirates. Oh, no, he didn't pick the Pirates because of the, the wild card thing being a disaster. So he picked the Cardinals and the Royals? Uh, good guess. He
1: picked the Cardinals and the Rangers. Okay. And... Uh, and, and that's exactly what I was – I was doing a little game theory because because I wanted the entry of the Pirates and the Cubs. I wanted the winner of that game because I feel like they're, whoever wins is the favorite in the National League. So I got the Pirates with my next pick and then took the Mets. You know, the, then the draft went on. Who cares? But I really do think that the draw for whoever wins this game is now the better draw. You don't have to face – uh, Kershaw and granky and you don't have you know DeGrom Harvey and whatever they're doing who knows what the Mets are doing but you know you're gonna have to face somebody sooner or later but the Cardinals are the weakest team and I think the Cardinals are the weakest team in the playoffs in the National League right now. Wait Really? Why? Because they're starting. Here, what they're going to throw Lackey and Jaime Garcia in games one and two, and they're going to come with Lance Lynn, who the Pirates and the Cubs both own. And Walk has been a disaster in September. I, I you know, maybe they're a shade better than the Mets, but they're not better than the other three teams.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess maybe it depends on, uh, you know, the, with for example the Dodgers, the number of or, or the or the Mets, the number of innings you're getting out of the the top few starting pitchers. I mean, especially with the Dodgers. Um, boy, yeah, that's tough. Um, I, you know, and, and, I, I just think of the Cardinals as being so deep and they can really just the, the throughout the season they they've thrown just about everybody out there, uh, in terms of their starting rotation and, and they've gotten, you know, 80% of an ace from just about everybody. Think about that in more detail. I feel like I'm reacting really intensely to what you just said and maybe not for any great reason. <laughs> no, I like it. I like it. So, you know, I won't
1: ask for a prediction. We're just flipping coins as to who's going to win this game tonight, but it should be fun. And we'll come back, and if the Pirates win, maybe we'll do one of these on Thursday to preview what the, the Bucks do with the Cardinals, and we'll certainly have an end-of-the-season wrap-up. But, uh, yeah, we wanted to get this out there because I, I do think their roster and the lineup are interesting to think about. J- Charlie, how quickly do you play small ball in this game if Josh Harrison leads off with a hit? Does Polanca bunt him over? Do you steal him? I mean, the the key stat in this game for me against Arietta, and I've said it a bunch of times, is nineteen of the last twenty base dealers against him have been successful. Only Ryan Braun got thrown out. I think it's been one guy since July. Uh, I, I think you have to run aggressively, and I think Keon Broxton is a guy that once you gets to the sixth once you get to the sixth inning, if Pedro's on base, if I mean I don't know that I want a pinch run for Cervelli or Mercer, but you know, if you get a chance to use Keon Broxton and run him I would do
0: it yeah I think that you can you can and you made this point I think earlier today that you can go to him much earlier than you would typically do that in a regular season game uh, because getting that one run across is going to be so important so I think it all depends on you know as far as you know when to start playing small ball it's going to depend heavily on uh, who's at the plate who's coming up of course but I think in general you can play it a lot earlier because runs against Arrieta are just that hard to come by
1: Alright, well we'll see. It should be a great night at the uh at the park. Um, look
0: forward to talking to you at four
1: thirty.
0: Yeah, uh, sounds good. So yeah, follow David on Twitter at DTF Pirates, follow me on Twitter at Bucks Thank you for listening to the Bucks Podcast. <laughs>